The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Tuesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, and of course, the DK Network. It's a numbers game. Kill Alexander, Kelly Bidlin in the hizzy. How you doing, Kelly? I'm doing great. We got a great crew. I'm sure our director, Matt, loves it when I just jump in the chair two seconds before the show starts. I, yeah. d- I had to turn down pterodactyls. You uh, you go to the restroom during shows. You just make it back in time. Yeah, yeah. not not the old, a good crew. Not the old camel over here. I just sit right in my seat. Incredible. Is that is that a is is that a stat I can share on air of of all the years Please. I've worked with Gil Alexander? Please. Please. So all what have we worked together for now? Four years, something like that. Mm. Four years. Yeah. Two shows. Primetime action was three hours long. Him and Matt Brown and the entire history of that show never, never left to go take a restroom break. Look at me. That's weirder. Swelling with pride. (laughs) I didn't think we'd start the show with that stat, but here we are. Uh, On the show today, Drew Dinsick joins us to talk NFL week number 15. Uh, Paul Carr on the Champions League and Peter Futak. Yes, he uh, will return to the show after uh, last week's episode. Uh, He'll be back. We'll talk college football. We didn't even get a chance to talk bowl games with him last time, so we will. We got sidetracked. Let's put it that way. Last time. Uh, Okay, where do we begin? Oh, my God. Uh, well, I'll tell you where we begin. RIP to my millions entry, by the way. I got like I couldn't quite get to the quarter pole being an eligible for the cash. Uh, so it's gone. So let's just RIP to that. Pour out a 40 for my circa million entry. As far as those two games last night, we will get to them here momentarily. I just want to point out the survivor stats for those who missed it. Um, circa millions, $9.267 million on the line. 9,267 entries, all at $1,000 a pop. We entered this week with 30. We entered last night with 21 entries remaining. We come out of last night with 13. Seven perish on the Miami Dolphins. Excuse me, seven on the, on the Green Bay Packers. One on the Miami Dolphins. 13 left, Kelly. Intrinsic value of each of the 13. $712,846.15. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Kelly's deep dive insight. <laughs> yeah. So I just I, I'd start scrambling for a, for a lawyer right well, now. Well, <laughs> so here's the thing. So so the the notion of a chop obviously now comes up. With 30, it, it's the one room philosophy, right? You can't really fit 30 people in a room. Right. Let's just take Correct. our let's just take our table here at the D. This lovely shield-shaped table we have at Bar Canada. We could fit 13 people around this table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So once you can have a quiet conversation, you ought to be thinking chop. Now, I think it would make sense to chop. Now, well, there's going to be a comma here and a but afterwards. Just let's get through the first part. Let's hold two thoughts in our heads. But I think it makes sense to chop. For instance, when you have 13 now, you could say, all right, everybody, guarantee ourselves 500K. Right. Yeah. That's what's that's six. Uh, excuse me. That's six point five million. You'd play for the other two point seven ish. 
Sounds great to me. Sounds great to you, right? Sounds fantastic. And man, so everybody's like, oh, of course you do that. Right. Here's the thing. It's probably still a dog to happen. Oh, totally. With 13, there's too many. There's going to be one or two of those guys. So you know what I've said all along. And there's multiple reasons why it's a dog still. One, I've said this for years. Someone thinks it's them who's gotten here on skill that surpasses the skill of anyone else. They think they are so smart that they will, you know, bust on other people's plays, right? For instance, and they believe that they are just superior to others. That's one possibility why one of the 13 might say, eh, I don't need a job. I'm getting the whole kit and caboodle. By the way, kit and caboodle cash is on the show again. <laughs> the other person, there, there might be another scenario where someone, one of the final 13, and let's keep in mind, some are going to be individuals here. Some are going to be, at this point, duos, trios, maybe even groups, depending on who's invested and how. One of those entries, however it's constituted, is going to think that the contents of their entry, not their skill, but that their remaining teams right. are superior to others' remaining which, teams. Which is fair. Which is fair, although I would think this year felt chalkier than any. So I'm not sure anybody has any distinct advantage yeah. over anybody else, but someone might think that. Reason number three that a chop might not happen. It's $9.267 million. Betting is just a reflection of the human condition. Forget the skill, forget the entry contents. Someone is just going to be so drunk, intoxicated, whatever, met, whatever metaphor you want to yeah. use, that that 9.267 million is out there, that the notion of chopping to any degree having come this far would be a letdown for them, and so their brain can't get to a chop. And here's reason number four, which I'm not sure any, anyone considers. We, th we, we know some of the, we know Adam Burke, our own Adam Burke is still alive. By the way, Paulie was one of the Green Bay guys. I, I, I feel sorry for anybody who gets knocked out this late. It's horrible. Yeah. Good. But our own Adam Burke is still alive, right? Um, I know one other, uh, we know uh, the mistake guy, Jonesy, Greg mm -hmm. Jones from LA. He's still alive. I know of another entry. We know a pretty good percentage of the remaining entries. What we don't know is if one of these entries isn't one person or two, pe two people or three, but let's say it's eight. Yeah. Let's yeah. say before the season started. Then it's not $500,000. Correct. So if you chopped it, if you begin with an eight, I'm just throwing out eight. I don't know, but I'm just saying for all the reasons why a chop is still a dog at this point, yeah. if you're in an entry where you have eight guys or girls, all of a sudden, a, this scenario that I give her, like, okay, everybody take a half million. They're going to be like, that's less than six. That's five figures for right. me, guaranteed. I'm not doing that. That's all it takes for there not to be a chop. So I think it's still a dog, even though it makes perfect sense if we, if we don't, you know, in our brains that aren't involved in this. Oh, of course you chop. Now, I don't think it is a, a favorite. And... You know, that's just how this is. Now, when it gets to what I texted Felica and Willie yesterday was, I think when you get to five or six, then it becomes yeah. like you must. Like last year, that was perfect. Right? It was three at the end. They each got, they each guaranteed themselves seven figures. They played for the rest of it. And it was a 6.133 million. But right now with 13, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen no, yet. So either. Yeah, I always go back to the poker tournament comparison. You, you ain't ever getting 13 people to shop on a poker tournament. Yeah. That's never happening. Um, and yeah, like there are probably, I'm sure there is, there are more favorable entries out there. And yes, incrementally. I, so for right, sure. you laid it out perfectly. Yeah. I'm sure there are one or two people that think they're in a much better position than others. And then there are one or two people that think they are untouchable and un a, a, that, that they, they cannot, cannot possibly lose anything this NFL season. And they want to just ride it out. I just want to say congratulations to the 13 who are involved. Those that are it's involved amazing. in all 13. It's amazing. I, it's a, this one disintegrated. This, what, what did Will Ferrell say in, uh, in anchor, and not an anchorman? Yeah, an anchorman. He's like, well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> that escalated quickly. It really yeah. did, this one. I mean, I mean it's I, incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. This I keep, I keep thinking too when you're talking about like the the money, the amount of money. It's like whatever movie or show that was, where it's like a million dollars isn't cool. A billion dollars is cool. Like that's kind of where you know what I mean. We're like you know, five hundred thousand dollars. That's sweet. This like, time last year, thirty were still alive. Thirty entries wow, were still okay. alive. Yeah. Uh, which we only get, we only fit one of these two games in here for a segment. Which yeah, would you yeah, like yeah. to start with? Oh, uh, it's at the Giants. The Gigantes. All right, we can pick this one up at halftime. 10-7 to seven Green Bay at the half. In a, in a first half that was noteworthy, I think, for 
you know, a couple reasons. The only one of which I want to get into is Saquon Barkley going into the end zone and flipping the ball up in the air like a millimeter after he got in. Like, wh- why do we do this? Why do we do this? I, I don't know. And usually, usually I'm fully on your side of this, Gil. I'm assuming you're, you're, you're angry about it and flustered. That why, why would you even do it? The, I feel like he was very, very aware, though. Like, I feel like he was looking exactly where he was at. Because usually I'm the first guy to go and crush those guys, too. 10 to 7, Packers at the half, third quarter, Giants three and out. But on a Jamie Gillen punt, Keyshawn Nixon muffs it, recovers it, fumbles it again, recovered by the Giants, set up at the uh, Packers 31, three plays later, Saquon in from one, DeVito for 26, the play before that, and the Giants lead 14 to 10 with 11.22 left in the third quarter. Then after a Green Bay three and out, a punt from Daniel Whelan, the Giants return the favor, hits Bobby McCain in the back, Rudy Ford recovers, Pack set up at the Giants 14. They have to settle for a Carlson 32-yard field goal, the 14 to 13, Giants halfway through the third. But then the Giants, 10 play, 75 yards, DeVito to Hodgins from 8 out, 21 to 13, 128 left in the third quarter, set up by DeVito to Wandale Robinson for 25, three plays earlier. Wandale Robinson was everywhere. Then 21 to 13, Carlson misses a 45-yard field goal. So for the survivor folks and for those of us who had Green Bay and millions, we're like, okay, well, this is over. Yeah, not so fast. Um, after a Giants three and out, Carlson then does hit a 48-yard field goal with 5.30 to go. Would you have kicked the field goal there, down eight, 5.30 to go? Uh, no. He did. <laughs> Not Gi- at all. Giants then, up five, first and ten, their own 48. And here's where, like, if you had, if you were one of these Packers folks, you were dead. And then Saquon Barkley goes for 33 yards. He trips up. He stumbles. He regains his footing enough so that when he falls forward to the turf and then fumbles it randomly, somehow the Packers jump over him. He's untouched, recovered by Carrington Valentine, who returns it 50 yards to set up the uh, the Packers at the Giants' 36 with 3.34 to go. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> what an escape this would be. And sure enough, eight plays later, love to Malik Heath in the end zone. Oh, by the way, this is the other thing I want to talk about. He goes to Malik Heath in the end zone. Love, two feet down control oh, yeah, and I'll, they say no catch. I know nothing. This is another another I week know where we know nothing about what a catch is. I, I, everything we've ever learned, that's a touchdown. I, I'm it's with not. You. I thought it was. Next play, back to Heath in the corner of the end zone. He stretches it in. 22-21 Green Bay. They don't convert the two-point uh, conversion because Jaden Reed can't get in. Aikman, by the way, before that play, before the two-point conversion, informs the audience, quote, this becomes a big two-point play. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 22-21, 133 to go, and then the unfortunate Lappable Tommy DeVito to Robinson for five, to Saquon for seven, to Clayton for nine, then to Wandale for 32, all the way to the Green Bay 22 with 42 seconds to go. That sets up the walk-off. Bullock, game-winning 37-yard field goal. Good. Giants never deserve to lose it. They don't. 24-22. DeVito, four for four for 53 on that game-clinching drive. 209 yards rushing for the Giants. They deserved it. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a roller coaster that was at the end of that game. We'll come back. Drew Densick joins us. Much to talk about. We're coming back. Numbers Game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge this college bowl season, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. And our college bowl betting guide where you get picks for every bowl game. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VSIN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99 and become part of the sports betting network. That's VS sin.com slash subscribe. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin live from Bar Canada at the D. By the way, Felica live uh, texting the show. Uh, Kelly, he says to me, he goes, what are you talking about? Sitting around the table at the D with 13 people and having a quiet conversation? You can't do anything quiet at the D. <laughs> uh, it's probably true. All right, before we get to Drew, I want to uh, I want to address the, the Tennessee-Miami game because we didn't get to that. Um, just to go through that the way we did the Giants. Um, Giants... Okay, Dolphins first drive started their own 28. This is a drive where they had like multiple injuries. They matriculate second and goal. The Tennessee two Tua fumbles the snap. He recovers it. He's hit by Jaleel Johnson. He fumbles again. T.K. McClendon Jr. recovers. All right, first Dolphins gaff. Tennessee then returns the favor and they say, "Don't worry about your gaff. We'll give it right to you." Levis throws it point blank range to Zach Zeeler. Pick six from five yards out. Seven to nothing. Uh, Miami, fourth play of the ensuing drive, Tua to Reek, six-yard loss, tackled awkwardly by Sean Murphy bunting. Looks like a serious injury. He gets up dramatically and sprints off, but we wouldn't see him again until the second half. Tennessee gets a game-tying drive, 14 plays, 86 yards. Henry in from uh, short distance, 7-7. Seven to seven. That was a drive assisted by Bradley Chubb getting penalized, if you remember, for taking off his helmet terrible. after getting frustrated that he had Levis hemmed in but couldn't sack yeah. him on a third down play that would have forced a field goal. Then Sanders gets a field goal blocked. Full gets a field goal. We go into halftime. Tennessee's up 10 to 7. Miami has zero offensive points. Let's fast forward. It's 13 to 10 now after they trade field goals. Miami, last play, third quarter. Tua's, uh, Tyreek is back in the game. Immediately, Tua to Tyreek for 23. Two plays later to Tyreek for 25. That gets him a field goal to tie it up at 13 apiece. Tennessee, three and out. All right. Miami punts, but Jake Bailey's punt. This is, this is late. This is now in the fourth quarter. 13-13 game. Jake Bailey punts. An inexplicable decision by Eric Guerra, I believe you pronounce it to field a punt that bounced, hits him, can't corral it, recovered by Elijah Campbell. Miami set up first to goal to Tennessee 7. Two plays later, Mostert in from three. Miami up 7, 5.28 left in the game. First play from scrimmage and suing drive. Levis pitched to Henry, doesn't get there. Fumble recovered by Chubb, sets up Miami at the Tennessee 12. Two plays later in an offside, Mostert in from five. And all of a sudden, from maybe losing the game, Miami is not only winning it, but they might cover. They're covering. <laughs> and you're like, what am I watching? By the way, you're watching both games, so maybe you're not watching any one of them carefully. <laughs> exactly. All right, Tennessee then. This is, again, less than three minutes into this game, less than three minutes left in this game. They're down two touchdowns. It's a nine-play, 75-yard drive. It took only 154. Everything on Levis's arm to Hopkins from three out. Uh, then down eight. What does Mike Vrabel do? Go for two. Goes for two, and they get it to Westbrook Kikine. So now it's a six-point game. Then, I mean, here's the thing about about McDaniel. This was a terrible sequence for them. 
because the Titans kick it away. They have all three timeouts left, and Miami goes run, run, and then a penalty. Titans don't even have to use all three of their timeouts. They get the ball back, take over at their own 36 with 2.15 to go. They're down six. Immediately, Levis to Hopkins for 36, then to Okonkwo for 15. Two minutes to go. Two plays later, Henry in from four. They're winning by a point with 149 to go, and then Miami with no timeouts start at their own 26. They get it to fourth and two at their own 48. Two gets sacked. Ball game. 767 times in a row, down 14. Less than three minutes to go. Teams lost until last night. We bring in Drew Dinsick from the deep dive. And of course, Bet the Edge podcast from NBC Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at whale underscore capper. Sorry to subject you to all that, Drew, by the way. Um, oh, no, that was a good, that was a perfect recap. And I, I mean, I, do you want to spend this entire seven minutes talking about that game? Because that was abs- that was like the truly insane stuff. I, I, mean, I have never seen anything like it. I mean, there's so many tentacles to this. You, and you can start wherever you want, which is, first of all, what a horrible loss uh, for yeah. the Dolphins. Again, like the Jaguars last week, could have been the number one seed, got to the doorstep of it, couldn't get there. Um, Vrabel on the analytics, that's another sort of tentacle. Did Tyreek enhance his MVP candidacy by how anemic the Dolphins were without him on the field and how good they were with him? Um, and then did Mike McDaniel's Coach of the Year candidacy go out the window? I mean, there's so many things. You start wherever you'd like on that. Yeah, McDan- McDaniel belly flop, no question. Uh, Vrabel analytics was a, sh- a complete surprise. I have to tear up my uh, my 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 uh, Mike Vrabel characterization file. Um, you know, re- rethink that one. Uh, brilliant decision by him. Um, the Tua uh, performance was I I, I you know shocking. Uh, I thought um, you know granted some of that is he's working behind now an offensive line that's dealing with cluster injuries. Cluster injuries matter. New center in game like that definitely had an impact. Uh, you know as noted with the you know the key fumble uh, and the first scoring opportunity, but you know the that that's worth following going forward. Um, the, um, the Tyree kill, uh, MVP case, I think falls a little flat number one, cause he doesn't accrue the stats he needs to get to that. He needed to break the record, I think to really be considered. And honestly, if anything else, what happened yesterday shows you like how, how, how much more important the quarterback position is. I thought like, uh, you know, that if you if you have a guy that's not able to get it done, then, you know, that, that, that's, that's kind of the more important than if you have a wide receiver who can break open the game, but, uh, we'll see what people think. I think he's still, I, I think he's still squarely like gets fourth or fifth. Um, people are going to vote for him, but he's not going to beat out these top three quarterbacks. I don't think. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, uh, the dolphins really uh, like under the radar, the dolphins had a bunch of injuries in game that I think mattered. Um, you know, a bunch of those guys returned, but they're going to be dealing with treatment all week on a short week now before they play the jets who are all of a sudden a very tough out. Um, and, and uh, they have uh, quietly accrued two pretty important injuries on the defensive uh, front seven uh, in the last two weeks. Um, Jalen Phillips obviously was notable in the Jets game uh, on Black Friday where he tore his Achilles. Um, but Jerome Baker uh, went out last week with an ACL and he had played quietly 750 very, very solid snaps at middle linebacker for this Dolphins team so far. And now they're backfilling there. Um, so, yeah, it was it was pretty obvious that, you know, when you have a 14 point lead, you want to pe- rush the passer successfully and put away the game. And the Dolphins weren't able to do that. And I think that's something that has to kind of stick in terms of understanding how this team's going to ultimately be able to win uh, if and, you know, if and when they get into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, it's it was uh, it was kind of just another reminder as you get these every single week, it feels like, uh, and have two of them on the same night was kind of insane. But it's hard to win in this league. The margins between the best and the worst is are, are very narrow uh, and the ball bouncing in weird ways at the end of games can you know dictate things. And, um, you know, credit to the Titans for playing to win. Uh, and uh, yeah, the Dolphins uh, left the door wide open for the Bills to come and uh, pick their pocket and steal the uh, AFC East. I guess it was a great outcome for those of us who want entertaining football because week 18 Dolphins bills now Whew. is that much more likely to be your Whew. you know your prime time game that decides the division which is freaking awesome you said you had a phrase in there if and when the dolphins make the playoffs i just i just want to have this conversation they're nine and sure. four they're nine and four they get the jets at home this week then they yep. get dallas at home at baltimore and as you just mentioned buffalo yep. um uh-oh I mean, is there a nine and eight is yeah. nine and eight is in the realm of possibility, Gil. Well, t- <laughs> like well, well, ten and seven yeah. certainly is. Let's give them one, right? Seven, yeah, yeah, but ten, oh, well. ten and seven should be enough, we think. Yeah. But man, to even have this is this discussion, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. No, this is a weird year. Uh, the kind of lack of, uh, just kind of excellent teams and teams that are just able to pull away from the pack has been pretty obvious to everyone watching, I think. Uh, and I don't remember another year where we've been in the middle of December and the playoff field is this undecided, yeah. let alone seating. Um, there are 11 teams that are very firmly alive in both the AFC and the NFC right now. And I mean, if the goal of parity, if the goal of kind of the salary cap era was to, you know, keep as many teams as alive as long as possible, like this was sort of the exact outcome they were hoping for because, uh, yeah, I mean, 22 teams out of 32 having a realistic you know, chance to have uh, a playoff game is, is pretty amazing. And I, I mean, my entire thesis going into last week was, the market seems very sure of a lot of these division winners when it's still a lot of football left to be played and very, very uh, small margins between these teams. And I think, um, you know, I think the the leaders from last week, you know, maybe four out of eight ultimately get there five out of eight. Like there's going to be some chaos and some turnover at the top outside of the Niners winning the NFC uh, West. I don't know that you can say with high confidence that uh, any of these teams is, uh, you know, very likely to get it done. And um, you know, the, the fact that there are live challengers combined with the fact that the teams at the top have questions is, is kind of the perfect storm for this. Yeah. I gave out three futures plays yesterday. Uh, the chiefs to get the number one seat at 10 to one took a step mm -hmm. up. But the Packers nine to one to win the division uh, that died that died a quick death. Um, obviously, by point spread, the the Dolphins' loss was worse, but the Packers was just as bad, right? For their purposes, yeah. Yeah, it was. And not just because of the Packers needed to win out realistically to get to 11 and six to win the North, I thought, um, because in order to flip the Lions, they need the help of the Vikings. But now if the Vikings are beating the Lions and the Vikings are ahead of you. So, right. Yeah, that was that was a bad, very bad outcome for the Packers. And that's what a young team apparently does uh, when they spend a week reading about how amazing they are. They go out and they lose to Tommy DeVito. <laughs> we are amazing. Uh, reading the old press clippings is what they used to say. People used to clip press stuff, Kelly. They used to clip them, apparently, I guess. We'll come back. Drew's uh, week 15 thoughts. Maybe some NBA as well. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Numbers game on v the Sports Betting Network. I got to take a break and talk about Zin Nicotine Pouches. We're always debating what a team needs to do to get to number one. But Zin Nicotine Pouches, they're already there. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. Find your Zin at your local convenience store or online at Zin.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. <clears throat> Pardon me. Bar Canada at the D here in downtown Las Vegas. Um, Drew, am I allowed to say what we just talked about off air? Can I introduce you? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, he's, yeah. Not only, he's not only the co-host of two podcasts, ladies and gentlemen, Drew Dinsick, um, Deep Dive with Andy Molitor, and of course, NBC Sports Bet the Edge. But uh, he's a very humble guy as well. We never, I don't know if we've ever brought this up, maybe once we've brought it up in all the times we've had him on either show. He was also a D1 swimmer at Duke accomplished swimmer as well. He never talks about it. So shout out to Drew Dinsick for your swimming prowess. What was your big event? What was your best? Uh, best event was probably the 200 breaststroke four and I am was number two. And then the distance freestyle events were number three for me. But, um, uh, yeah, I know I figured, uh, we're, you wanted to spend the next 10 minutes talking about the U S open of swimming going on right now. Cause yeah. this is a, this is a big, it's a big meat kill. Not so uh, much. We got, we got, we got trials. Trials are in Omaha in June and then, uh, you know, Olympics in Paris this year. Like it, things are heating up. <laughs> <laughs> I swam in college too, Gil. Did you? Yeah. At Florida state. I swam from one keg to the other, but yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, if there were betting on such an event, you would be all about oh, yeah. it, wouldn't you? Oh, we did. This will be the f first. The first swimming I truly handicapped was Rio, uh, which was 2016. Uh, yeah, 2016. Uh, I had the odds from London, but I didn't know that I could bet it on it then. Uh, but I bet Rio in 2016. Tokyo, we were very, very successful. It was, it was that was a really, really fun event to bet. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, they they offer a pretty uh, decent staking off offshore uh, in the swimming uh, for gold medals uh, and just total medals. You know, their Olympic betting is uh, is an absolute delight. You love it, it. yeah. Oh, All right, yeah. well, let's conclude the swimming conversation by telling everybody what your biggest swimming concern is now as an adult. What is it? What you shared with oh. us? <laughs> 
<laughs> so I didn't, uh, this is the chlorine with the hair, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I had short hair. I had short hair throughout my entire young adult life because the, the chlorine in the pool would just absolutely fry my hair. So uh, I could not grow. I could not grow it long, like period. Like there was no way to keep it healthy. Uh, and so now if I, you know, if we I to try to get back into swimming shape for like a big, you know, open water swim event or something like that, or, or a competition, like uh, I would be very concerned about the, uh, the follicle impacts the <laughs> follicle impacts this guy drew what'd you end up in week 15 what'd you end up for with week 15 in the nfl uh week 15 is a tough one uh there's a couple of good angles think i think still uh jets were my uh most anticipated look before we uh we saw last night's action and that has now come across the uh, uh a nice double digit threshold and so the jets are plus nine which makes them a little less appealing to me but i think that's still fair um, my number there is seven and a half uh, i like the ravens laying three and a half uh, at a very cheap uh, minus 103 uh, right now against the jacksonville jaguars um consider me not impressed by the jaguars defense in any way shape or form and consider me extremely impressed by the uh, performance Lamar Jackson came up with uh, to beat the Rams last weekend uh, I think in general the Ravens are probably a team that is peaking at the right time and going to close strong here um, I don't really know how they match up against the Niners and you know very excited to see the what what kind of status you know health status they have heading into that game on Christmas but I think if there's a shocker in the uh, in the works in the MVP market, um, it is potentially Lamar Jackson stealing this from Brock Purdy. Um, and, you know, I, it's uh, it's kind of noteworthy, I think, that Lamar had not really put together a very impressive uh, advanced statistical profile through the first half of the season. But he was the best player in, of any in any game of any position uh, on the football field in week 14. And if he has a couple more of those in some high profile games here, uh, as you kind of know, they're playing some tough teams. The Ravens are and they have a good uh, but beatable defense. And I think that's going to kind of force the offense to continue to emerge. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. finding some, you know, kind of uh, some gear that I didn't know he still had combined with Zay Flowers emergence and uh, really just forcing Lamar outside of his comfort zone in the absence of Mark Andrews. All of this kind of stirs together to be uh, what I think is uh, potentially a very effective offense down the home stretch there. So um, I'll take the Ravens against the Jaguars, even uh, even laying the, the hook there. Um, and then uh, only other thing I bet so far this week was the under in the Bears-Browns game. Um, 38 and a half, a little juicy to the under. Uh, I don't mind selling down to 37 and a half there. Um, you have a Browns offense now that while, you know, a somewhat resurgent offense led by Joe Flacco has lost another tackle uh, going up against a Bears defense that is still underrated by market. In my opinion, I think the Bears are playing at a top five defensive level right now. And uh, good luck to Mr. Justin Fields, who holds on to the ball for an absolute eternity up against Miles Garrett and company uh, <laughs> on the road. Like this is a really bad spot for the Bears offense. So I uh, would guess that the winner in this one probably has somewhere in the ballpark of 13 points. So happy to be on under 38 and a half. All right. Let's do a little rapid fire. Let's let's rewind back to your little MVP aside there. Uh, you, we know that you have Purdy tickets. So do I. Um, you mentioned that Lamar could sneak it in. You were not a fan of Tyreek uh, in terms of the way I couched it, making making a better case for himself last night in absentia. But the uh, but the the obvious question then is, but you're not a Dak guy. Who's the short shot? Why? Uh, well. I think the Cowboys, uh, number one, their dogs this week to Josh Allen and the Bills. <clears throat> a loss there and getting outplayed by Josh Allen, I think, throws a lot of cold water on his case. Uh, I'm not saying that I think the Cowboys certainly will lose, but that's a huge uh, potential stumbling block. And then uh, the matchup against the um, the Dolphins is problematic for the defense, where I think you have, you know, if, if you're if the Dolphins are at full strength in terms of, you know, Waddle and Hill being out there, speed can kill that unit. And uh, I think the Cowboys could lose one or both of their next two against the AFC East, which I think is a huge, huge problem for Dak. Um, I also don't really understand why people are kind of putting him ahead of Purdy when there's a pretty clear, obvious head-to-head -head win in favor of Purdy when Purdy's advanced numbers are better than Dak's. Every category. Uh, and, every category. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and, uh, you know, the, the, the if, if, if basically by every statistical measure you want to make this, yeah, lean Purdy, but because of anchoring, we're going to make it a tie. Well, Brock <laughs> right. Purdy has the two, he has the two best tie breakers over him which are his seed is going to be better 
of, uh, you know, their team is going to be seated higher and he has a head to head win. That was extremely impressive. So, um, you know, I, I, I look more, I think Purdy should be the clear favorite right now. And I look at Lamar being sort of the outsider's chance more than Dak because Dak Prescott cannot beat Brock Purdy this year, guys. He can't do it. He had his chance and he lost. Lamar can beat Brock Purdy head I, to head I and it's going to be it. in a very high profile game. So, yeah. um, I personally think it's a three horse race right now with Dak, Brock and Lamar. I mean, if Dak, if Dak wins and Purdy stumbles and Lamar just never puts up anything impressive statistically, or if somebody else like the chiefs you mentioned gets the one seed instead of the Ravens, cause the Ravens lose some hard fought games, then, uh, yeah, Dak can absolutely win. I'm not saying he cannot, I just don't think he should be, uh, the short shot right now. I would actually put him third behind uh, Purdy and, uh, and Lamar just to in terms of how the path breaks for them to actually get the award. Yeah. What I said yesterday was it's Dak's schedule, you know, moving forward, which you, sure. you alluded to as well. So I think that's, that's the curve, you know, that's the, the topic sense of that answer. Um, okay. Coach of the year real quick, the, the oh, top, man. the top four guys in the market all lost this week. What do you make of this now? It's wide open. Uh, if again, like the entire time that this has been a discussion, if you know, if you give me a vote, I'm always picking Kyle Shanahan because I look at this through the rubric of if you have a coach draft, who am I taking first? That should be my coach of the year, and it would be Kyle Shanahan. Uh, so I think ultimately he is going to get consideration, and at ten to one, that's going to get shorter, uh, especially you know considering there could be some stumbling blocks for these guys ahead of him this week. Uh, I'm looking squarely at the, you know, Sean Payton and Shane Steichen uh, and Mike and, and McDaniel in saying that. Um, but the, uh, uh, you know, the Niners are potentially going to be uh, two wins clear of the field if they beat the, um, you know, if they beat the uh, Ravens on uh, Christmas night. So that could be enough to get Shanahan home. Uh, I get the case for basically everyone else. And if you want to kind of like credits to Fansky for having his team in position to, uh, um, you know, to, to get a cl- clean playoff spot in a, a tough AFC, given that he's done it with six quarterbacks or whatever it is. Uh, that's, that is impressive. Yes. Um, but, uh, I, you know, Sh- Shanahan to me is, has been done the best job this year. And, um, you know, I would, uh, I would give him a serious look at 10 to one. Yeah. Campbell, Ryan's McDaniel and Steichen all losing this week. They are the four shortest shots on the board. And I think you're right. If you were pick, if you were having a draft, that's one way to look at it. Shanahan would be your number one pick real quick. 30 seconds. Any NBA tonight, sir? Uh, I didn't play any tonight. And uh, honestly, as fun as the in-season tournament was, it uh, kind of ruined what is a usually a very fun, hot stretch of betting for me because oh, it, reset, it reset the rest for everyone. It gave uh, gave a bunch of the teams who weren't competing extra rest and, uh, and basically reset and set everyone else on like the exact same schedule. So all the fatigue advantages are wiped out for an entire like three week stretch. How about the Pistons losing 20 in a row and the Spurs they, losing seven? Ten in a row. What a I'm old enough to remember the Pistons win total closing 28 and a half. I <laughs> <laughs> might have bet Still the over. That might have been wow. last night. You guys are old. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it, man. Power rankings next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you 
straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on v the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code v That's V-S-I-N. The crown is yours. Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin from Barcanada here at the, uh, the Barrage, the D. Downtown Las Vegas. We get tweets. I haven't read any tweets today, Kelly. We get tweets at beating the book. I always appreciate the feedback. Charlie D, USA number one, said, we always hear in college football, anything is possible with 18 to 22-year-olds. It feels like this has trickled into the NFL regarding preparation. Do you agree? Man, is, this isn't the most Plinko thing ever. You know, it, it's just years and years ago on the Betting Dork podcast, I used to describe ATS preflop ATS NFL as Plinko, the Price is Right game with the chip just falling and then picking up speed and then landing in whatever slot it lands in. It just feels like that's on steroids now. And yeah, man, especially this time of year, like how that, those outcomes yesterday, unbelievable. Just to name a couple. Yeah. Eric, er, oh, you want to say? Yeah, it's wild. I don't know that I would still make the, the same comparison to college and, and, and I think it's more Plinko than college. I, I'm not saying that's not the case. I think he's he's talking about the preparation. Is, yeah, yeah. That, yeah that, that I don't know is if that's the case. That I, I would, yeah, I, would, I mean, those are just like the endings are just crazy. Yes, yeah. I mean, like that is the, the Titans Dolphins one, especially Eric Savoy. Just so you guys know, uh, when you kill the Dolphins today, as you should, they did have one starting offensive lineman for three and a half quarters of the game. That is yeah. a good point. Uh, this and is Tyreek. I mean, Enrique. it's major. It's major. Yeah. Do you, by the way, what about my question that I asked Drew? Do you think he enhanced his MVP candidacy or not? It's a fascinating conversation because here's, here's the problem. I think I'm in between on both of you guys where uh, I don't. The problem is I don't think if you're if you're not on the field to rack up stats, I, I almost never believe it can help your case, even though by just what the general def, why the definition of the award is. Yes, I think you're right. Right. When a player is off, it's like the same conversation with Jordan Travis. Right. It's well, that's how good he was and how important he was when he's not on the field. Um, this is from boy. This is from YS YEM. Why enjoy him? Any thoughts on Jacksonville? Eight to one to miss the playoffs. I don't love it because they should, should being the key word here, they should go three and one based on the remaining schedule. So I don't, I don't love that. Kevin Ryan, a zero chance Miami loses that game if Tyreek doesn't get hurt. If you're holding a Tua MVP ticket, you're cooked. The award is named most valuable player. Oh, I think we can agree on that. I mean, I think the biggest takeaway for the Dolphins was. Tua seemed like that was a reminder that he seems to, when, when any pressure comes, obviously pressure is a bugaboo for every quarterback, but he just seems to cower in it. Mm-hmm. And, and the play ends, like that last play was just a great, a great example of it. It's, it's like, no, that's just how it's going to end. You're just going to, he got tripped up by his offensive yeah, lineman, yeah. Again, and then he got, and then he got uh, sacked. But there was just too many, with Tua not on the field, they just appeared to go absolutely without answers. Yeah, I think it's a great, I think it's a good example, like, too, of what we saw last night with him of the, you know, like, the guys of, you know, Mahomes, Josh Allen, like, what part of, you know, part of 
why some of these guys are so valuable is you can be such elite pocket passers, but then also be getting out of the pocket and making plays on the move. And it feels like Tua has like actually fallen into that pocket passer category. Now it gets stuck in there and can't really make as many plays on the outside. Power rankings coming up. Definitely changed for me. Jason H11, never left the table. That ain't pride you're swelling with. Oh, talking about you having never seen me or Matt ever use the restroom. <laughs> Assistant U.S. Attorney Derek Hines said, Gil, with all the Flacco comeback player of the year talk, I took a look at the odds and thought, how is Tua not a great bet? Uh, I don't get it. He's playing great, and the image of him on the ground last year was powerful. Yeah, but he had such a terrible game last night. Like I, and it's still the DeMar Hamlin thing. Could be wrong about the Demar Hamlin thing, right? Why well, we well, find up, out? He's up to minus five hundred today. He's minus five hundred. I know he's only been active for two games and he's made one tackle. But we said in the off season, how are you how are you going to give that reward to anybody else? Rogers still twenty to one. Uh, teasers and parlays. Loving the Survivor talk this morning. Hopefully Joe Pita can come on soon and talk strategies. He will be on later this week. Matter of fact, Chris Hardman, Gil, please thank Drew for his Sunday Night Football Halftime Quick Pod. Hit easy, under 26, and lucky Dallas Moneyline, but a win is a win. Thanks again. Eric Biggio from Will Hill. Made it to the final 80. Was so bummed when we got knocked out, I didn't want to hear Survivor talk for at least a week. Listening again, because there's a zero chance we would have made it through this week. Congrats to the remaining entries. We will say it again. Congrats to the remaining 13 entries. And if you're 13 entries in the Survivor, and if you're in Circa Survivor, and if you're uh, still alive in your Survivor pool around the country, A. Brown, preface, I recognize this is minuscule in comparison, but to address the psychology of the chop this late in the game, I made it down to the final four in my local Survivor Losers Pool, less than 200 entries. I game-theoried my way through the four weeks. John Balducci, still in my DK Survivor, I've helped get people elected to the damn U.S. Senate. Survivor is more thrilling. A little humble brag from John <laughs> Balducci. Good for you, John. Good for you, John. Uh, D Jens. <laughs> we D- sit at a bar and talk uh, about sports betting. Right. I've, never got, I've never gotten anybody elected to the Senate. D Jens Southern Gent. Drew, give Gil some flowers for pointing out on his show yesterday the asymmetric risk on go ahead and betting the Chiefs to get the number one seed yesterday prior to the Titans Dolphins game last night rather than waiting for a better number. Thank you for the acknowledgement on that. Uh, Chance Copperpot. Have you guys heard Matt Brown has a new podcast called All Angles? I was disappointed to learn it's not about kicking field goals from different spots. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast that's right uh we'll read more tweets coming up ladies and gentlemen it's time for nfl power rank eggs and it goes a little something like this Plug it in. we got changes kelly not at the top i still got the niners one and the ravens two niners one ravens two but we have change i got the dallas cowboys at number three they're unbeatable at home haven't lost there since Thanksgiving of, was that 29, was it 20, whatever, where they played the Raiders? Yeah. 2021? 20, yeah. Um, 21. Listen, this is the best Cowboys team we've seen in a long time. And yeah. I'm, a, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a DC guy. I hate that franchise. But I got to give it to them. They can no longer be referred to as a bully. They pop the Eagles in the mouth. Cowboys are three. Chiefs go down one. Eagles go down one for me. Chiefs to four. Yeah, over all the Chiefs, uh, you know, anti-Chiefs talk, they were still about to win that game, uh, or at least on the cusp of it. Eagles, um, they got a lot of problems on defense. They're down to five. The Bills move up to six. Again, they're the sneaky, freaky brother sneaking in from the rear, as far as I'm concerned. And the Dolphins drop the most to seven. I think the Tua issues yesterday just leap through the screen. I just really worry about this team who has a really rough schedule down the stretch as well. But just to that ball club, you took Tyreek out, and I know they're going to have him, but man, oh, man, does that collapse quickly without him. After seven, great group, by the way, R&B, 90s. But after seven, it gets murky. I got the Browns at eight because Flacco has proven better than any of the quarterbacks, maybe not even, maybe, maybe even better than Deshaun, for God's sakes, uh, in terms of his performance this year. So the Browns are at eight. The Jags, now that we know Trevor Lawrence is back, are back to nine, even though they got a bunch of defensive problems. But who else, quite frankly, are you going to put there? And then I have the Texans at 10 and the Lions at 11. So the Lions, who I've had dancing between 10 and 11 all year, the Texans drop to 10 for me. That's what I got. You, sir. Um, all right. My top three are the same as yours. Uh, is it, is same, it... Same order? Same order. Niners, Ravens, Cowboys. Or my question for you, do you think it's that, like, is that 
undisputed top three right now? Uh, I don't think it's undisputed, but it's getting tougher and tougher to make a case yeah. for anybody. Else. I, I think it's those three, and I think it's those three in that order too. Yeah, I, I, like that's that's how I feel about it. Clearly, you and I felt the same with that. Uh, the big mover in mind, Bills up to four. We're going up to four with the Buffalo. Uh, bills. You got them um, four. I got them six. Yeah, yep. I, I made that jump. I'm with you. I, I felt I needed to swap around some of these uh, some of these teams in the middle. Uh, we might have some logos swapped around too. So I moved the Bills up to four. Uh, the <laughs> yes, Eagles. The, the Eagles. I do have at five. Um, I think they have their problems right now. I still think the. I still think the talent, at least the talent in the head coaching. I still believe in a little bit more from what I'm seeing with the Dolphins and the Chiefs recently. So that's why I put the Eagles there. I think this just this schedule has been so brutal. It's hard to get a re- hard to get a real good read on where this team's really at in my opinion. I think the one thing that's becoming painfully obvious is that the I I mean, yes, the defense has its major struggles in the past game, uh but then you know, with the the, the offensive coordinator leaving too, right? Uh like that has been major, major uh, ob- very obvious. Um Dolphins I put them at 6. Chiefs are the big follower for me. I just this this the passing game and the receivers has been a problem all season. I don't know why we should expect it to improve at this point. It's going to plague them throughout. We do agree that everyone's top seven should be the same top seven, right? In whatever yes, order. Yes, yeah, because there is a big drop then yeah. to, from, from Chiefs to Lions to me at eight. I put Jags nine and Rams were the team that I put in there at yeah. ten. Good offense, defense is terrible, but when that those when they, they've got the two wide receivers running back at Stafford on the field, oh my gosh, does that offense seem to just be able to move? It's really an interesting year because there is a tier of seven. And then after that, have at it. Yeah. Aaron Schatz will be joining us later this week as well to not only talk about his power rankings, but MVP and all the other awards he's got to vote for. Got to ask him about Reek once again. Coming back more NFL next. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.